Hawkeyes get it done once again at Carver Hawkeye Arena, this time against the border rival Illinois 81-79. And the coming out party for Tony Perkins. I told you, just wait. TP was great. We talk about it on Locked On Hawkeyes. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. I'm Trent Condon, and thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts. You can also find us over on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button while you're there. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Trying to get that number up to 2,000 people following along with us on YouTube. Just takes you a second. Hit that little button over there. Helps us to get to get out there to more people, and it helps you know when we got a new episode for you. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Well, that was fun, wasn't it? Iowa getting the win against Illinois, 81-79. It was a nip-tuck affair. It walked away. It was just a fun college basketball game. You know, seeing Carver Hawkeye Arena busting at the seams like it was, seeing the crowd as into it as they were throughout that one. You know, the week that was and the buildup to it starting at a little earlier game with the Tuesday game this week, a little bit more of a buildup. And of course, what happened with the student section from Illinois, the Orange Crush, they were going to come over orange clad, making a bunch of noise and all sitting together. Alas, that didn't happen, though there were plenty of Illinois fans in attendance. And I, I think that also added a little bit to just the mystique and the fun that we saw in the matchup. And, and that is really what a rivalry game is supposed to be like, right? You got both sides in there. Yeah, obviously a decided advantage for the home team, Iowa. But the Illinois fans, they showed up and they were loud and they had plenty to cheer about throughout most of this one. Were there a lot of fouls? Absolutely. But it's the way it should be. You know, when Iowa has their best chance against the teams that are grabby, right? The Illinois, the Michigan States, the Wisconsin's of the world. When they're playing those teams, well, how Iowa beats them is the officials do their job and they call fouls and they don't allow them to be so grabby time in and time out. And it was good to see. Obviously, that was the case. We, we got to start with the play of Tony Perkins. And we've talked about Perkins, Saucy, a lot this year. I am a bona fide fanboy. I, I have loved something about him, even dating back to his freshman year when he didn't play a ton. But I always felt like he was the kind of guard that just it felt like I would never had, right? That slashing type of guard, the ability to get into the paint, the pull-up game that he has that is such a rarity in all levels of basketball anymore where it's all about either getting to the rim or getting three-pointers. And yes, I know analytically people will tell you that the pull-up jumper is not a great shot anymore. Long two is not a great shot. Well, it is for Tony Perkins. And he got going in the second half, just a dominating performance from him. 25 points in the second half, 32 for the game. And he could just get to his spot, hit that pull-up jumper. It was a thing of beauty. Getting to the free throw line consistently, knocking down the free throws then on top of it. It was a sight to behold. And, you know, with Perkins, there has been times this year where 
he's been relegated to the bench. You go back and when Iowa started to turn their season around with that victory against Indiana earlier this season at Carver, when they're down huge early on, what was it, 21-4, something like that, and they came roaring back and ultimately got the victory there. That was a game where we didn't see a lot of Tony Perkins late in the game. There's been other times this year where he's been pulled and he sat long stretches. But the one thing that I've always liked to see when you get a glimpse over at the bench, at the sideline, is he was still engaged. Yeah, was he frustrated at times? Absolutely. Or there are times that maybe the head hung a little bit more than you wanted? Sure, but he's a competitor, and he's a guy that wears his emotions on his sleeve. That's another component for this team. And, and another reason that I still have hope that this team could be more than just get in the NCAA tournament, that there's more there. And it's something we saw earlier in the year, Maybe it dissipated when Connor McCaffrey obviously didn't play in the game against Eastern Illinois. You had Chris Murray that was banged up during that stretch in December after the Duke game, and he sat out with the plantar fasciitis. But they have these emotional guys. They have these guys that really wear their heart on their sleeve when they're out there on the hardwood. Tony Perkins, absolutely one of those guys. And it's very simple, but when he hits a shot or two, he becomes even more engaged. He's locked down defensively. We know what a good defender Perkins can be. And you couple that with his ability off the bounce to do a lot of different things. It's not just about putting his head down and getting to the rim or getting into the lane for that soft jumper, but he can knock down an open three. But you couple those things together, it's just the kind of guard that Iowa hasn't had many of these guys throughout the years. Another guy that is that way is obviously Connor McCaffrey. And he was early on, you saw maybe the picture of him and Brad Underwood over there. Uh, Brad Underwood, by the way, he's an incredible coach. The buttons that he has had to push to get this team re-engaged, he hated his team earlier this year, and, and he's got a really good one once again with the Illini. I respect the guy. He looks tough. He looks like a guy that'd be easy to hate, but I got a lot of respect for Brad Underwood and what he's done. He said back at Big Ten basketball media days, he said, you know, you could have anybody in the Big Ten if you're in a fight, and he said Connor McCaffrey, and maybe that's what they were talking about and laughing about during the game at one point. But, you know, McConnor is another one of those guys that has that emotional edge. Philip Robracha, another one. And you saw it. There are times he has not played his best at times this year. He has been so much better and consistent, I think, than anybody, though, could have anticipated this year. But that emotional edge that this team has, this, this want to. Going back to the Northwestern game earlier this week where Robracha said, we're just not losing on Chris Street night. And they didn't as they pulled away from Northwestern late in that game. That's what gives me hope here is the way this team is built and the personality of this team. Yeah, the Eastern Illinois game. I told you guys, I thought the season was over at that point. Coupled with the 0-3 start in the Big Ten, it looked like the kind of deficit they weren't going to be able to pull themselves out of. And here they are now winners of seven of their last nine, not just in contention to being an NCAA tournament team, but we can start talking about a double buy. We'll talk about the schedule a little bit later and what they have. And, and there's plenty of big games in front of them. In fact, Iowa now after winning these three, three straight games at home, four of their next five are going to be on the road and short of the Minnesota game. None of them easy. And it's still a road game in the big 10. We've seen you know, Ohio state, struggle with the Gophers. We see Minnesota play well at times, not the case over the weekend as they were blown out, but anything could happen in college basketball. That's still what is in front. Let's keep looking back. Uh, Perkins, uh, what more can you say? Just an absolute stud. We will remember that one for a very long time and what he was able to put together. But it wasn't just him. No, there was plenty other guys that stepped up into the spotlight and made some big plays. Sanford obviously hit the three late that gave Iowa the lead. Just a monster shot. That was Connor McCaffrey making the extra pass. He could have chucked it. 
Beautiful bounce pass right over there. Caught it in rhythm, knocked it down, and Iowa controlled it from there. Though There were certainly some hairy moments on top of it in that. And Chris Murray, still wonder about him. And, and one thing that I wonder about, mentioned earlier, the injury. Playing with that injury from back in December, does it crop up from time to time? Do we see him slow down? Now, physically, it doesn't look like you know he's in pain. You don't see anything like that, but you just wonder with that injury as now he scores 19 points, has seven rebounds, three assists, and you say, man, you, you want a little bit more. But that also shows you the talent of Chris Murray and what he was able to do. Rabracha, he had a fight just to get those 13 points inside. Danger? Boy, that dude, he is a beast in there. And Rabracha, as he's going to do a lot of times, including coming up this week against Purdue, he gives up size, he gets up height, but Iowa finds a way to get it done. It was Tony Perkins, it was the defense getting stops, it was comebacks, and it was the environment. We're going to talk a little bit more about that environment. What Iowa has in front of them still this season, women's basketball with the big week win against Maryland, and then an easy victory on the road today against Penn State. That's all as we continue here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or a hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the right skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. I have a small business. I have had to hire people in the past and just sorting through all those resumes, trying to find that right person. It's an incredibly difficult and tedious process. And if you're a small business owner, you don't have a whole lot of time for things like that. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to post your job in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify those qualified candidates on LinkedIn jobs and connect with them for fast and for free. LinkedIn jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again, linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Trent Cotton back with you here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Again, thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Available wherever you get podcasts. Five-star reviews, that's what we're looking for there. And if you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button as we work to get in front of more Hawkeye fans. So the win against Illinois, the tense moments, the toughness, and frankly, the way Illinois plays, it's a difficult matchup for Iowa. They're going to have to win the game much like they won this one. They have to get to the free throw line a ton. Now, you know, this is something I remember growing up, going back to the Dr. Tom days, and they always had the stat up there. Iowa's made more free throws than their opponents have shot. And that's something that Fran has also brought with him. You know, that ability and coupled with the zone offense, uh, the motion offense, excuse me, that they run guys get to the free throw line a lot. And, and if they're going to call the game and officials are going to call the game the way it's supposed to be called and are actually free flowing basketball and keep the hands off and the holds and the checks and everything else that 
seemingly everybody else in the Big Ten does. This is what basketball is supposed to look like. Perkins, we talked about what a stud. 26 of 30 as a team at the free throw line on a day where you're out-rebounded by 14. Here's what Iowa did, though. Defensively, they turned them over. And on top of that, they took those turnovers and they turned them into points. That was huge in this one. Iowa finishes the game 16 points off of turnovers. Fast break points. There weren't a whole lot of them, but they outscore Illinois 7-2 to in that one. Getting up, playing at the pace that they want on a day where you go 7 of 19. That's okay from the three-point line, but wasn't anything crazy. Iowa did it at the free throw line. They did it against a team that they lost five straight against. And this Illinois team, they have some dudes over there. It's Shannon, absolute stud. He was a great player at Texas Tech, and it's continuing here. But really one of the biggest ones was the play out of their freshman point guard in Epps. Now, talked about before the game as we were previewing things, this Illinois team has been a whole lot different since Sky Clark got kicked off the team. And I will tell you, you got a freshman here in this Epps kid that is going to be a problem for a while in the Big Ten. His ability off the bounce, really, really good. We saw at times they had uh, Josh Dix on him. They had Peyton Sanford on him a couple of times. They tried Connor over there. And it was Tony Perkins in the second half that finally was able to slow him down at least a few times. Look, you couldn't, you got to stop the guy from going right. And that's what he was doing, just getting to his right hand every single time, getting into the lane, and then hitting some scoop shots and some windmills and doing all kinds of crazy stuff in there. You can't let him go right. Young guy, those are the things. You got to make him change direction. And I would just wasn't good enough defensively to do that. But you put it all together, they found a way. Hawkins doesn't make a shot in the game. Now he gets to the free throw line a bunch, but he goes 0 for 7. You make Tara Shannon go 3 of 10. This team played well. Meyer was outstanding. He was great. He was hitting shots. Didn't matter, hand in his face or not. He was hitting shots from all over the place. But defensive effort was there. The effort was there. And he forced turnovers. I was never going to be a great defensive team. We've talked about this in the past. This is the reality now. 13 years into Fran McCaffrey, if you're all of a sudden hoping that there's going to be something happens that this turns into a consistent top 30 team defensively, it's just not going to happen. It's not reality. So come live in reality with me and understand if you're going to play this style, you're going to play up and down, and you're going to play offensively as efficiently as they do. Now the number two team in the country in offensive efficiency, by the way, the only team in front of them is the Boilmakers that they'll see on Thursday. With all of that, they still are able to go out there and defensively compete by forcing turnovers, by using that pressure defense. There were a couple of turnovers that were just boneheaded mistakes out of Illinois, but that's what the pressure is going to do. Keep that up. Love the three-quarter court pressure. Want to see even more of it at times from Iowa. Like the way that they can shift, adjust. Never going to be great. Just be okay. Just be okay, and you're going to have a chance every single time. Now, this was one fun, right? You get the three, three straight victories in six days at home. Had the makeup game against Northwestern in there. Find a way, get all three. Going into it, we talked about the numbers. Winning all three games, though they were slight favorite in all three of those games, winning three in a row, it was not a high probability of it happened. Well, you did it. Now it's four out of five on the road. Now they'll be favored against Minnesota, but starting with Purdue, they're going to be a nine is the number right now at Ken Pomeroy and his site. So you have nine being the number. That's what kind of underdog I was going to be. In between, after the Purdue and Minnesota games, by the way, Iowa favored by 10, according to his metrics, against the Gophers on the road up at the barn. Ohio State after that, 
They're a three-point favorite. Metrics like Ohio State a lot more than the resume or the record says the Buckeyes are. Just a three-point projected win in that one. Projected to lose by a point at Northwestern. And then you get Wisconsin, you're projected to win by one. Another five-game stretch. We've talked about these stretches before. The last one that we talked a lot about felt like they had to go four and one. They ended up only playing four games because of the postponement of the Northwestern game. Same thing here. Keep your head above water. Can you get to three and two? Like you put the Minnesota one in the win column. You think you get Ohio State back at home after you lost that game and the defense fell apart in the second half in Columbus. You do that, and can you still steal one of those two road games at Northwestern at Wisconsin? I think it's a likely scenario. If Iowa goes three and two in that stretch, it sets up the final three games, home for Michigan State at Indiana, home for Nebraska. Iowa, you do that. You're talking about five more victories in the Big Ten. Five more wins gets them to 12-8 and in the Big Ten. And with it, I think a really, really good chance of having a top-four seed. That means the double bye come Big Ten tournament. And instead of having to do what they did a year ago, win four games in four days, three in three days, a much easier situation. Now, this Iowa team certainly is not as deep as last year's team. Basically, only playing six guys. We saw a little bit of Patrick McCaffrey. That was outstanding to see. You absolutely love to see that. But you know, overall, that's what you're going to get out of him, out of Patrick, playing at a high level, get it done. Can we get him back? And just a consistent score, another body out there that would be really helpful. Here's a look right now at the Big Ten standings. We'll pop them up here as I disappear for a moment for our YouTube viewers. You see Purdue at the top spot. They are 11 and two. Rutgers eight and four. Two of those losses, of course, to the Hawkeyes, and then the logjam with Illinois, Indiana, Northwestern, Maryland, Iowa, Michigan, all sitting at 7-5. and five. Michigan State, a game back at 6-6. Six and six. And There's Penn State, Wisconsin, Nebraska, and Ohio State. And here's the crazy thing. You look at the standings. So Iowa is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6-0, 7-0 against the teams that they are tied with or above them in the standings. And the teams below them, they are 0-1, 0-2, 0-3, 0-4, 0-5. What? 7-0 against the teams that they're tied with or above them. 0-5 against the teams below them. That shows you how nuts this Iowa basketball team is, what the season has been. But we're along for the ride, and we are having a good time with it. Uh, a question that has been pondered. What is this Iowa team, speaking of the NCAA tournament, what's their resume? You know, What, what do they look like right now? So there's a couple of place, places Excuse me, you can go. The one that I always use is Warren Nolan, name warrennolan.com. Uh, it was a long-time RPI site. Now it's morphed into a net site, as that is now the metric that is used. So Iowa right now is 7-5 and five in Quadrant 1. You think, all right, that sounds pretty good. Those are the best of the best. Those are the best teams that you're going to play. Now this is also what are Quad 1 victories. We talk about those a lot. So just to refresh, as we're here in February and we're getting ready for the push towards March, Quad 1 victories are wins against top 30 ranked teams in the net, Neutral, 1 through 50, or road victories against a top 75 team. That is what constitutes a quad one victory. Quad two, home win against teams ranked 31 through 75. Neutrals, 51 through 100 and away, 76 through 135. So that's what the numbers are. You can go all the way through. Quad four, of course, the lowest. Iowa, and that's 7-5 and five record. You know, all right, sounds all right. It's better than all right. It's elite. Iowa right now is tied for the fourth most quad one victories in the country. The only teams with more of them, 
than them right now are Kansas, Texas, and Purdue. That's it. And in the Big 12, as deep as that conference is, everybody basically short of Texas Tech is going to be a quad one, regardless of where you play them. That's how good that conference is top to bottom. But Iowa State, Baylor, Xavier, and Iowa, all with seven victories. A couple of those teams are seven and six. Iowa, seven and five. That is incredible. The resume is in great shape. Even with that anchor loss to Eastern Illinois, even with the 0-3 start, and you look at, boy, that Nebraska loss. That, that's a bad loss. It's not. It's a quad two loss. Penn State, oh, that's a bad. It's not a bad loss. It's a quad two loss. These are not bad losses. Eastern Illinois, yes, that's a bad loss. That's one that is going to be there. Now, you hope that the committee, when they're talking about Iowa, you know, and very well could be talking about the difference between, say, being a six or seven seed or a seven and eight. You don't want to be in the eight, nine game, right? You don't want to look there and have to see Houston in the round of 32. If you get there, you want to stay away from something like that. What you want, get in that seed range and a six seed. Oh, that would be pretty bottom half of the bracket away from a number one. You play a three seed in the round of 32, very winnable games. Take a look at some of the projected three seeds right now. Sign up for that right now. And if you can do it in Des Moines, even better. We definitely would take that if we could get it. The resume is in good shape. Even with some of the things we talked about, the quad four loss, there are other teams that have quad four losses uh, from earlier this season. It's going to be there. It's going to be part of the resume. It's okay. You know, TCU is a team. They lost Northwestern State. Starting to bring that program up. But, yes, they lost to them earlier this season. That's a quad four loss. There's plenty of programs out there that haven't. And, again, Iowa in that game without Connor McCaffrey, without Chris Murray, you hope the selection committee, absolutely. That is part of the conversation when they're bringing up. How in God's name do you lose to Eastern Illinois? By the way, see a player from Eastern Illinois slapping a fan. Woo. A gasser's lucky that wasn't happening to him. He's a guy you see standing up all the time in the front row there at Carver. Woo, that was a scary one, no doubt about it. Well, that is Iowa's resume. It's good. Iowa's in good shape right now. Got to keep piling up the victories. Got to keep it going. And then... Well, it's the biggest test of the remaining season. It's on the road for Purdue. Purdue's been a house of horrors at time for Iowa, though. They've also picked up some nice victories throughout the years. Zach Eady, he is a monster. Racha's got to be ready to go. Everybody's got to be ready to help out against Zach Eady. Seven foot four, can get to his spot wherever he wants in the game. But Tony Perkins going back to his home state. That Chris Murray, maybe he's due for a bust-out performance where he puts up you know, 28 points and 10 rebounds, something like that. We could definitely use one of those. We didn't see a whole lot from a lot of the guys in this game. It's a road tilt. It's going to be tough. We'll talk about that more as the week goes on. Well, it wasn't just the men's team that had a good weekend. The women's team also got it done. The wrestlers also picked up a win over the weekend. We wrap up what we saw over the weekend as we continue here on Locked On Hawkeyes. Today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Well, looking for a delicious treat, don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays as we flip the calendar to February here. I got a vacation coming up later on in the week, making my way to Mexico. So working to eat a little healthier, look a little better for that swimsuit. Look, I'm not going to beat anybody over the head with what we're doing there. But, you know, you don't want to compromise taste when you're looking to be a little healthier with what you're eating well i got it for you it's built with built healthy is actually tasty so delicious you don't even think they're good for you what makes built bars so good well for starters they're all covered in 100 
real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. Great flavors, churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond, just some of the many great flavors that they have. And I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. What's even better is they are healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait around for your box. For years, we've been talking about ordering from Built Bars at Built.com, and you could still do that. But now you can get them at your local Walmart or even Sam's Club. That's right. Head to Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in, and they got the big box for you. A 13-bar box with a hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. Trent kind of back with you once again on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand podcast, Lockdown College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college hoops in one spot. You can hear from all the big names, our experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Lockdown College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. As we wrap things up here, Iowa, another dominating performance on the women's side of things as team came into the week ranked number six with the win against Maryland and this road win against Penn State, plus a few other things going on around the country, a possibility we'll see this Hawkeye team jump up. So back to Thursday night. Now, I said on Thursday show, I was hoping to get to you guys a Friday episode. Didn't happen. And did happen. I was in Iowa City. Well, I was in Coralville calling the girls state wrestling meet just an incredible incredible uh, time watching those young ladies compete the first ever sanctioned tournament was really happy to be uh, able to be a small part of that and be on the call on the girls website and uh, the broadcast and the bats going on and it was quite the scene a sold out crowd just absolutely incredible to see that so got back late at night and decided I was I just was not ready to podcast I just it was too much and didn't get one to you but that game. So I was listening on my drive home, listening to the call, and what a performance that was against Maryland. Caitlin Clark with the 42. Cezano, so good inside. We also got to see, of course, the return in that one as uh, we got to see Warnock back out there again. But in a game where they get really nothing from Kate Martin, from Warnock, from Gabby Marshall, from Molly Davis, and none of those players scored more than three points. And yet to beat Maryland in the fashion that they did, that was impressive. To put those kind of numbers up against the Terrapins, 96 against Maryland. I know Brenda Freeze got a lot of new players there. This is maybe not a vintage national championship contender Maryland team, but they're still really good. They're ranked eighth, and Iowa just absolutely took it to them from the gun. And then Penn State. You think, hey, you know, could this be a letdown spot? What's looming in front of them with the Indiana game coming up this week? It kind of had that look, right? And what does Iowa do? They race out to a huge lead, 19-9 after the first quarter, cruising as they go into halftime as they're up 45-22 to and ultimately winning 95-51. Another triple-double for Caitlin Clark, 23-10-14. Isn't it crazy that we are now at the point where a triple-double is just kind of ho-hum? Yeah. That's kind of where we are with Caitlin Clark. She has just elevated herself to such a spot that anything she does, it doesn't surprise us anymore. It should. You know, the beautiful behind-the-back pass and 14 assists. Eh, Ho-hum. 
Now, I had somebody uh, check in. I, I saw quite a bit of this uh, during the game on Sunday about maybe the starters playing a little bit too much late in that game. You know, wasn't this going to be a good one where we get to see deeper in the bench, we get to see some of the young ladies out there getting a little bit more time. Was it too much? Maybe Caitlin out there late. I, I get it. I understand the concern. Look, you want it right, but they want to play and they want the numbers. And Caitlin Clark, she's chasing history too, trying to become the national player of the year after last year, Boston winning that award on South Carolina. She's going to be in the mix once again this year. Look, she doesn't have the raw statistics that Caitlin does, but she does play for the best team in the country. And for a lot of people that vote on this, that matters. I think it's silly. I don't think there is any doubt about it, who should be the national player of the year. But those are just a little things. You get a triple-double, add to that tally. A little bit more, you get the headlines. I mean, on top of it, watching SportsCenter tonight, and what do they do? They don't show many women's basketball highlights, but they do show a ton of Caitlin Clark highlights. And with it, Iowa women's basketball highlights. They are continuing to be moved around. Saw a game later in the season against Indiana. That has been moved to ESPN. They want her on there. She draws, she draws numbers, and this Iowa team, I'm starting to believe, more than just make the Sweet 16, maybe an Elite 8, could there be more there? If Caitlin Clark keeps playing at this level, if Cezano keeps doing her thing inside, they get a little something from everybody. I continue to love what we have seen off the bench this year in just some incredible performances from Hannah Stolke. She just goes in there, runs like a deer, great hands, catching the ball, got to knock down those free throws a little bit more. But overall, you know, she's just such a fun player, and you're excited about her future and what it's ultimately going to turn out to be. This Iowa women's team, they are fun. If you hadn't had a chance to be out there to Carver, get out there and watch them. And then on Thursday, we talk about the men taking on Purdue. That'll be a huge matchup and a huge opportunity. Iowa, they got to go to Indiana. The Hoosiers ranked number four in this week's reigning. They are 21-1 and on the season. They just obliterated Purdue on the road. They have won a bunch in a row. Their only loss of the season came against Michigan State on the road. Since then, they've ripped off nine more victories in succession. They're good. They can play a couple of different ways. They'll run up and down with you. They'll grind you on the other end. Should be a fun one. Unfortunately for us Hawkeye fans, that's Thursday at 530. That'll be a BTN broadcast. And then at 6 o'clock, the men play. Well, we'll be double-fisted watching that one. We have a busy week. We got a lot going on here. As I mentioned, going to be going on vacation. And going to have to have some things in the can. So if you're looking for Instant Reaction Podcast after Thursday, I will try. I don't know what state I'll be in going to Mexico. So we'll see, but we got you covered. LaShawn's going to stop by. We got lots with LaShawn, plenty of football talk. You football fans, we got you covered this week with a lot of football. Some murmuring, uh, some murmurs out there that a possibility that I was going to get the linebacker transfer from Virginia. There's been some things on that. Nothing definitive at this point. We know they need help at the linebacker spot, and that would be a big one if they can ultimately get his services. So you have that component of it. A few other things going on on the football front, of course. We went through last week what we heard from Kirk Ferentz in the press conference, the possibility and the return 
of Brian Ferentz. Now, there's still things out there that could change possibility. You know we'll have you covered if anything breaks on that front. Lots of football talk with him. Hope to get Jason here to do a podcast. We're also going to have a recruiting pad- podcast on the basketball side of things. I'll break things down with one of our lockdown correspondents. So we'll get a look at next year's Iowa basketball team, what they have coming in in next year's incoming class, and a look to the future. Cooper Koch, part of the 2024 class. He has already committed J.R. Koch's son, a kid from uh, Illinois that has put up some big numbers. We'll talk a little bit about him and just the way the Fran recruits and the way that he continues to find these guys. Really looking forward to that. So a busy week here in front of us. As always, we got you covered on Locked On Hawkeyes. Thanks again for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, again, check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball, with our experts, Isaac Shotty and Andy Patton, bringing you everything you need to know on and off the floor. You can hear from the big-name experts, coaches, players throughout the college basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts back at it again tomorrow. Thanks for hanging out with us here today. Boy, that feels good. Beating the Illini tip of the ball cap as well to the crowd. Just how loud it was Carver, the old girl. She can still hum 40 years later. You get the right opponent and get a little extra vitriol in there. And Hawkeye fans, you could definitely do it. What an environment it was. What a victory for the Hawkeyes. Fun start two things as we get the week started here on locked. Locked on Hawkeyes. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.